Welcome to the Unrest Podcast. I'm Madeline Green. And I'm Caitlin Stansel. Thanks so much for joining us back here for the Unrest Podcast. And if you have not done so yet, make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening to podcasts so you can catch every episode as soon as it drops. And we have two stories that sound kind of similar this week. And I love that. It just shows how experiences are kind of shared. When we posted one of our videos about dreams, that's when we got these two messages about other people having dream experiences. They were almost like really excited to know that other people kind of share in these experiences. So our first real life haunt is Ashley and she's she 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 And she shares with us her special gift, which is she's able to kind of communicate with loved ones through dreams. And sometimes those dreams end up coming true. But yeah, she also forgot to add something to her interview when we were talking. And I thought it was pretty interesting. So I told her I'd share it with you guys. But she said that she can almost tell when someone will be important the very first time she meets them. Her example was when she first saw her husband, she knew that that was going to be the father of her children. And she didn't even know his name at that time. Oh, so take a listen to Ashley's story. So yeah, it's something I've always been able to do. My mom has always told us that the women in our family are always just kind of sensitive to these things. We just, we know things we're not, we shouldn't. Like, we would have no way of knowing. But I, my mom also is very religious. So a lot of these things were kind of like devil's work. You know, don't, don't invite it, don't explore it. So it wasn't until... I was older that I actually started paying closer attention to these things. So I tend to just have dreams that that come true or dreams that give me messages. And the first one that really stands out is the um, after my grandfather died and I had a lot of guilt about not visiting him in the hospital two weeks before because everybody said that he was coming home and the guilt stemmed from me believing that he would think I didn't love him enough to come see him before he passed and he came to me in a dream a few weeks later it was me and my cousin sitting in my grandparents backyard and it looked just like it had when we were kids we were sitting at this big wood like picnic table and we were looking at old pictures of him and my grandma and all of a sudden he was just there and my cousin got up and left randomly as if dismissed but no one had said anything and I was like, what What are you doing here? <laughs> and he was telling me 
you know, I wanted to come say goodbye. I wanted to come see you. And I'm like, I, I am so sorry. I didn't come see you in the hospital. He's like, no, don't apologize. It's okay. It's all right. I know you love me. And I know that you were busy. And I just want to let you know that it's okay, that I'm okay. And I, I told him how much I, I missed him and that I loved him. And he said the same thing. And, and in the dream, like, I could feel him with his hand on my face and I could feel him hug me. And when he had finished telling me what he needed to say to assuage my guilt, I asked him if he wanted to see grandma because we were in their backyard. She was right inside the house, right in the kitchen. And he said, no, I came to see you. Then he left. (laughs) Overwhelming sadness. (laughs) It was just lots of tears. Um, I really, I wanted it to be real so bad. So the next dream I remember having with him was a few years later, and I was sitting on the curb of a residential neighborhood. It was very bright and sunny, but not hot. It was like warm, perfect temperature. And the neighborhood just reminded me of something out of the 50s or Tim Burton's Edward Scissorhands and I'm sitting on the curb and there's little kids playing behind me and I see him come walking up the street and again confused because I know he's not supposed to be here and I asked him you know what was going on and he said I wanted to come and check up on you I wanted to see how you were doing and I and I could tell that he was like paying attention to the kids in the background and I I felt disconnected from the children but from him I was getting that they had a sense of importance and I didn't understand it at the time until I was retelling this dream to my mom earlier this year when I realized that those were my kids playing in the background and he wanted to meet them but they hadn't been born yet and he just he was there to check up on me to kind of I guess meet them in a way I told him I missed him and I loved him and he told me the same and then after he had done what he came to do it was the same as the first dream where he said okay I have to go and when I tried to get him to stay he said he couldn't and he just like walked away (laughs) and I've spoken with other family members and they've all had dreams of him almost exactly the same everyone except my grandmother which is very strange to me when I told her about the first dream she told me that the night before he died he visited her in a dream and told her everything was going to be okay and she was like what what do you mean because you don't need to worry. Everything is going to be okay. And she went to see him in the hospital the next day and told him about the dream. And he was like, it was just a dream. You don't need to worry. This one was very strange. In my dream, I did not recognize that he was visiting me. And I was yelling at him. I don't know what was happening. Um, So he was first generation American. Both parents came from Italy. So it was always kind of a rumor in the family that he had uncles that were involved with the mob. And 
in in this dream, he's trying to talk to me, trying to catch up and and see how I'm doing. And I'm yelling at him about, I know what you did. Like, thinking in my head that he was involved in some sort of, like, mob scheme. <laughs> and he's he looks very confused. He's like, what are you talking about? I was like, I know what you did. I'm going to call mom. I'm going to tell my mom what you did. And he's like, okay, I'm going to go now. And I haven't seen him since. And when I woke up from the dream, I was like, no, he was coming to visit. And in my dream, I didn't realize that. And he hasn't come back since. I had a dream that my sister got into a car accident and died. And in this dream, there were all kinds of numbers that were thrown at me. And I called my sister as soon as I woke up from it. And it was like, three or four in the morning and she was already awake for work and I was telling her about the dream and she goes okay you need to go play the lotto she has a co-worker who is Cambodian and their belief is when you have a dream with numbers in it you play those numbers hmm. so I went to the corner 7-eleven and I did not write the numbers down right away which I should have but I to my best recollection, I picked those numbers, and when the numbers were made public, every single one of them was off by one or two. My sister and I, we tend to know when something's going on with the other. She lives in a different state from me, but she'll call me in the middle of the night if she knows something's wrong without me telling her. She'll be like, I, I just get this weird feeling, are you okay? And I do the same thing with her. And my mom does that with us as well. It's just this sense that we get that something's not quite right with one of us. When I'm awake, I'll get hints of things, like a sense, a feeling, almost like um, an energy that touches me. Uh, But because I repressed it so much when I was younger... I don't fully understand it just yet, but um, I can feel someone's mood. I can I can feel their thoughts sometimes, but more of like if they're negative thoughts on exactly what they're thinking. So I'll know if someone's like in a really happy, good mood because I can feel that energy coming off of them the same as um, when they're upset. It's, it feels very heavy and oppressive that almost makes me feel like I'm I'm being crushed I had dreams about my children before they were born they came to me in my dreams so with my first I I was seven weeks along with her when I had a dream where she was climbing into our bed uh it was like a Saturday morning she was two or three and she's like clamoring into our bed because she just woke up and she had blonde hair and blue eyes and I woke up from that dream and I told my husband it's a girl and she's gonna have blonde hair and blue eyes and him and I both have dark hair and dark eyes and he goes no mm -mm. no child of ours is going to have blonde hair and blue eyes so it was probably about three or four months later when I got the anatomy scan that confirmed it was a girl. And when she was born, like, her hair was extremely dark. 
but within a couple of weeks, it started lightening up, and sure enough, so did her eyes, and she's got blonde hair and blue eyes. <laughs> and uh, the same thing with my second child. I was so convinced that the second child was going to be a boy that up until about a week before the anatomy scan, and I had a dream, and she exactly the same as my first climbing into bed on like a Saturday morning and she had dark hair and dark eyes and the thing that stuck out the most to me from that dream was that it was a girl and I was so convinced I was having a boy and the following week we went to the anatomy scan and sure enough it was a girl and she has um you know dark hair and dark eyes (laughs) All of my experiences have been positive, and I'm learning to lean into that, to just kind of accept it and not try to force it, and I'm just trying to learn now how how all of this works, and I wish that I had paid a little more attention when I was younger so I wouldn't be struggling so hard with it at this point, because now I will doubt myself um I'll be like no I'm just reading too much into it no that's not my instincts and and then it later it turns out to be true I really like the idea of being able to communicate with loved ones through these dreams as someone who has had loved ones die in the past like everybody else in the world I've always kind of wish that I could get this like wrap up of like okay I'm somewhere better. I still think about you. I love you, you know, no regrets kind of thing, but I don't ever have those type of feelings. I try to put that energy out. Like, you know, can I get some sort of sign or, and there will be signs like, don't get me wrong. There are things like signs from loved ones, but just small things that in the back of my head, I'm like, okay, is this a coincidence or a sign? (laughs) But it just seems like Ashley just really has these amazing dreams where she is able to communicate with her grandfather and know for a fact that it doesn't bother him that she wasn't able to tell him goodbye at the hospital and just things like that. And I feel like that would almost be very peaceful and calming, especially in in a case of losing a loved one. Yeah, definitely a cathartic experience. And it's funny you mentioned that because I also have a story to share this week, a real life haunt. And this one is from Caitlin. And she also has these dream experiences. And some of her most vivid ones are dreams where she has been able to communicate with her father who passed away. So take a listen. One of my first, like, it sounds weird to say, but one of my first memories from, like, just being a kid was a really intense, vivid dream, kind of like a nightmare. Ever since I was, like, 12 or 13, I haven't been able to sleep through the night. And I just listened to the episode where you guys talk about how when you wake up in the night, you don't look at the clock. And I always look at the clock. And every single night, it's either 3.30 or 4 o'clock. So that's been super fun. It's more disorienting when I get a full night's sleep. That kind of started everything. And there was uh, a few times when I was younger and I would wake up at these 3.30, 4 times. 
And uh, one time I remember looking at my doorway and like the kitchen light from down the hall was on and just this kind of like black, uh, like dark gray blob kind of like left like slowly my room as I was looking at it. And I was like, oh, that's kind of weird. And then a few years later, I woke up and I had moved my room around. So I was looking right into my bathroom at the time and I had left a little nightlight on and I saw this black figure and it was a tall man and it's so like so vivid it was this bowler hat like a like a 30s or 40s man and he was brushing his hair and then put his hat on and like walked right into the mirror I've been able to kind of have moments where something's going on I just kind of quietly but out loud go like I'm so sorry just not right now like someday just not like this minute and then things kind of like will settle down and like feel less intense in like 10 or 15 minutes So my dad passed away almost three years ago, three years ago on December 23rd, and he was an alcoholic for eight years. So when he first passed away, I was getting a little, like, I was very upset. We were very close, and I was the one who really tried to help him for those eight years and was like, come on, can you do this for us? Like, kick it for us. And so when he passed away, I was really upset, and then I just kind of wanted to, like, see him I was like I have these vivid dreams can you just come tell me you're okay can you just come say hi and tell me you're okay and then he didn't for like six months and I had people telling me because I did so much it was like he had so much more to apologize like he owed me more so maybe he wasn't ready and then it kind of worked out the waiting because I remember the first time I saw him I just broke down and burst into tears and then like shocked myself awake because it was because I hadn't seen him in so long and because he was sick for so long he wasn't himself towards the end so he like looked healthy and he looked like my dad from when I was a kid and I just broke down and like hugged him and attacked him and that happened the first few times and it's been that's been really cool and now I see him I don't really remember the nights that we like talk as vividly, but I wake up with a feeling knowing that we caught up and everything's good. And sometimes I'll be at the places in these dreams and look at like a cashier be like, does that look like my dad to like one of my friends or like a bartender? I'll be like, I think that's my dad. And then we leave or whatever. So it's been kind of like, we're slowly getting into uh, being more, aware of each other like um interactive with each other it's been super fun to kind of go through the process of kind of figuring out what these dreams mean and how to interact with them because i'm getting more aware of when i'm in certain situations like oh this is a dream so it's okay so then i'll i'm able to compose myself more i think and have these conversations with him as opposed to just breaking down the first one that i saw him in just hit me so hard because it had been a while and for some reason like when we have real conversations I wake up with this feeling like we talked but I don't really remember um any of it but this one he was right there and I like was able to hug him and I just bear attacked him and started weeping because I because it felt so real that I was like oh my gosh it feels like we're at the Adirondack which is the restaurant I work at and my dad just walked in the door I've woken up with like my heart racing a few times in a panic because something insane just happened. But, and I have to kind of calm myself down at four in the morning. It's definitely, um, I don't know. I don't want to say like a learning experience, but I've definitely over the last 
two years, I want to say, since I've started seeing him learn to uh, control them more and be more aware in them. When I first started having insane ones that I wasn't remembering every detail of, which and I probably should start doing this again, I would wake up and write them down immediately so that I uh, can remember and then go back. And if something happens two nights in a row or like three times in the same week, I'm like, okay, what are you stressed about actually? And try to get that stuff out. I just want to share, um, because I'm starting from the beginning, I just listened to um, an episode where one of you said you had a friend who would always look at the clock at a certain time, and every time she did it, you knew it was like one thirty-seven or something. Um, and I always, every day, I don't know what it is, managed to look at the clock at one, two, three, And I've decided that that's like a angel number for me because <laughs> I just see it like almost every day. And I also have another little story of, I danced for 17 years and we hopped around from studio to studio and we landed at a old church and we never really did any research about it, but we do know that they had funeral services. It was one of the places or in the area that one of the churches in the area that was popular for services. And, uh, we had redone it so that we had our dressing rooms and things, but we didn't try to touch too much. They already had a stage. We didn't need to do anything crazy like that. Um, and my dance teacher and I are super spiritual and we never really want to do a bad talk, anything. And we never did. And there was one time we had a haunted house though, cause she's a little like spider witchy person. So we had a haunted house that was super fun and we did it for two years in a row. And the second year they made sure to take batteries out of everything because the year before it had uh, killed them to just sit in there overnight. This year they took them all out. And then when they went back the next day, there was a the monkey with symbols. That's like in every horror movie ever banging the symbols. I was like, nope, no, thank you. And they picked it up and they, it was off. The batteries were out. So whoever was there didn't like that we were poking fun at Halloween, I guess. And there was also another time that I was in a private with her. So nobody believes us, which is so frustrating because it was just her and I in the studio. And we were coming up with my new solo dance and we would um, cut the music and just kind of stand there. And she would think about where she wants me to go next. And one time while we were just kind of standing in there in the silence, we heard a tap on the stage and it was behind the mirror. So we couldn't see anything, but we knew no one else was there. The doors are loud. It's like an echoey place. Nobody had come in and we heard a one single tap. We both kind of looked at each other like, did you hear that? Like tap shoe. And I was like, yeah, that's weird. It was like a tap shoe. And then she's like, okay, that's funny. And then we hear, we're standing for another second and we hear like two clicks and we're like, what is going on? And she looks behind the mirrors because one of our friends is a goofball who taps. So we were like, Case, is that you? Like, what are you doing? And she looks behind. There's nothing there. She comes back. We're like, maybe we're just hearing things. There's the woods creaking. It's an old building. And all of a sudden, it does a perfect shuffle ball change and then like an extra toe step thing. Mm-hmm. And we ran to the back of the room. It was so real and clear and well done. And it was crazy. So that one, every time I pass that studio, look, I'm like, hey, George, how's it going? And it's for sale now. So if I drive by at night, I'm always looking in the windows to try to see if I can see any faces. What's funny is when Madeline and I were first talking about these two interviews that we did, I was like, hold on a second. Do we talk to the same people? It was just so funny how sort of eerily similar their dream experiences are. Um, and how vivid dreams are for them. Um, 
But to just follow up Caitlin's story, she also sent a, sort of a follow-up addition to our interview. And here's what she had to say. She said, I wanted to tell you that last night I spoke to my father and remember it clearly. He was driving and I was as scared as I was the last time. As she had mentioned, he was an alcoholic. He looked well, though, and started asking me questions. And I recently have been itching to take a vacation and just have a change of scenery. So my dad started asking me if I was happy about where my brother and I grew up. Uh, And my brother and I, we grew up in Lake George, New York. So we have a lot of stories there. But this is also where my dad was, was born and raised. So he brought us back here. I then continued to express how, yes, I love it. And I could just use a look at the ocean. And he understood. So we got off an exit, exit 19 in our area. That was one that he and I often had to use. And she says, I then woke up feeling very comforted. Hmm. So I don't know, just like kind of so crazy how similar they are. Right. Literally Madeline and I were arguing the other day, like, I swear we talked to the same person. (laughs) It's just so crazy. Yeah. It's what's really neat about these type of dream experiences is like, they're very much kind of the same. It's, it's this loved one that is coming back to kind of communicate. Unfortunately, my loved ones don't want to communicate. (laughs) We'll talk to you later, Madeline. Papa (laughs) Jr. (laughs) Like you said, with Ashley and like her relatives that also have this gift, you know, they sort of corroborate that this is real, you know, like this is sort of a shared experience. So I feel like hearing these stories that there are so many people that have these sort of experiences, it just sort of validates it, you know? A hundred percent. Yeah. And so like these two ladies, if you hear a story that kind of spurs your interest and makes you want to share one of your stories with us, feel free to, you can email us at the unrest podcast at gmail.com. Or guess what? You can find us on Facebook. We are there. We have a page and we have a group you can join where we like to post some exclusive interactive content. And don't forget us on TikTok. (laughs) Madeline does a great job on there. Uh, A lot of fun posts. But until then. (laughs) But until (laughs) then. So until next time. Unrest in peace. peace.